Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Two Shades of Blue podcast. My name is Royal Howell. My co-host, Terrence Hatchett. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special, special guest. One of the homies, one of our brothers from another mother, um, assistant coach at Grimsley High School back in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, the Worldlies just had a phenomenal season due to COVID pandemic. You know, it was a little bit short, shortcomings and everything else. But um, the Worldlies came through this season with a very, very productive um, first season assistant coach, uh, Kyle Davis, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what's going on? Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Katie, just give them a little, um, you know, brief rundown of your resume, um, your credentials, and just tell them a little bit about the Grimsley uh, Worldlies program this season, man. All right. Well, yeah. Um, when it, you know, comes to the basketball and, and coaching and all that, um, I want to say maybe I, I started coaching about maybe six or seven years ago, I want to say. Um, you know, just in it, and it's, it's funny because I actually, you know, started – you guys got me into it, um, helping y'all with with coach, you know, over at um, Greensboro Day and um, with the kids in middle school and the Gators and all of that. Um, and, you know, that that just led to me um, getting into it, you know, just wanting to try my hand and do my own thing. Um, started out, you know, really just helping a lot of different teams. Um, got my first shot at, at Mendenhall Middle School. Um, was there for a couple of years. Um, then that ended up, you know, just had to go back to school, finish my degree. Um, during that time, I worked um, with the men's team at North Carolina Central um, down there in Durham with Lavelle Moulton. Um, and then after that, just uh, Darren Corbett, our head coach at Grimsley, he, um, he came back to Grimsley um, after a few years down in Fayetteville at Terry Sanford. So um, when, when he came back and, you know, I was I was looking to come back home and, you know, was looking to, to join a program, um, you know, I, I reached out. So I've been there for the past couple of years and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been real successful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got a couple stars on the team this year, man, uh, specifically uh, one of the top defensive linemen in the country, not just the state. And Travis Shaw, man, just give us a little rundown of Travis, man. And, you know, what's his mind state? You know, what kind of kid is he? And how is he on that field and on the court? How does he balance both in your opinion? Um, Trav, man, Travis, he's he's phenomenal. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like like you said, you know, five-star defensive tackle. Um, but, you know, he he loves the hoop. You know, he he loves to compete. You know, it's, it's great having him around. Um He's a he's a leader, you know. He he leads um, vocally, you know, by you know just coming in and going hard every day. And um, you know, one of the things I, I I love most about him is you know he he cares, you know. Like everybody knows that you know he's he's going to play football at the next level and everything. So they they see him playing basketball and they just think like, oh, it's just something he's just doing. But now, nah, like if if he has a game and he, you know, doesn't think that he played very well, you know, like he, he takes it serious, you know, everything he does, he, he takes it serious. You know, if we, we take a loss, you know, he's hurt, um, you know, but if one of the, one of the teammates are down or something, you know, he tries to pick the guys up, um, you know, but yeah, just a real, real good kid, man. I, I enjoy having him around and, you know, I can't wait to see what he does in the future. We're going to jump right into it, man. Um, your Tar Heels, <laughs> UNT's Tar Heels yesterday completed the sweep. Um, it was a straight up massacre at the Dean Smith Center on senior night. Um, you had a couple seniors, specifically Garrison Brooks, 
who took it very emotional after walking off the court, and rightfully so, man. He's had a very storied career in a UNC uniform. Um, the game was never close, to my, my opinion. I mean, it was a blowout from beginning to finish. Um, what are your thoughts on the game, Katie and T? And, um, you know, just I'm going to let y'all take the floor because I really don't got much to say about Duke right now. So I'm going to let y'all take the floor, man. Just give me your opinions on the game, your assessments, and what's the ceiling for UNC um, going into the ACC tournament this week coming up? Hey, I'll let so you, you go ahead. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, coming off of the loss against Syracuse where people are questioning, like, this team, you know, you beat Florida State, ranked 11, and then you lose to Syracuse on the road. Um, people were really wondering what UNC team was going to show up on Saturday, but, you know, they came out, I think it was, what, 16 to 4 for, like, the first four or five minutes. Like, they jumped on Duke early. Um, mm-hmm. They never really let Duke have a, any glimmer of hope. Um Caleb Love, man, like, he takes it personal versus Duke. Like, a lot of people, um, I don't know if they knew before the game yesterday or the first game, but Caleb Love was coached by uh, Jason Tatum's dad in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and he wanted to go to Duke. And Duke uh, chose Roach over uh, Caleb, and Caleb ended up at UNC. And when Caleb Love is locked in and focused like he was yesterday, I mean, UNC is going to be a very hard team to beat. Because really mm-hmm. with UNC, our big men, I'm not concerned with our bigs. It's really going to come down to guard play, especially, like, possessing the ball, turnovers, and just making enough outside shots just to keep teams honest. But I think UNC could do some damage in the AC tournament. I'm not sure if they can win it, but they could definitely get to the semifinals and then make a run in the NCAA tournament. Katie, what do you think? So, yeah, so, like, the way the way I see it is, you know, like you said, I mean, at this point, you know, been playing for months, and we kind of still don't really know, you know, what to expect from this team. You know, it's like it almost seems like if, you know, they're playing anybody, they need to, like, just focus like they're playing Duke. Like, the two games they played against Duke, and you look at this team, you would be like, yo, like, they're a really, really good team, you know. But then if you look at everything else, like you said, like, beat a very good Florida State team, and then the loss against Syracuse was just, you know, very confusing. That's a team that they had already beat earlier in the year. But – um I don't know. This this could just be, you know, maybe they're they're turning things around, you know, at the right time. Um, hopefully, you know, you just get hot going into March. Um, I think that with the ACC tournament, is it's kind of, you know, you you never really know. Like with the pairings and everything, um, one of the one of the, you know, Virginia could get beat by by somebody. Uh, Florida State could get beat by somebody. You know, you never know. Um, even even with Duke, you know, them coming in and they're at like a, a 10 seed or something like that. But even still, they're very capable of, of beating, you know, anybody in the tournament. So I think it'll just be real interesting to see how it plays out because, you know, even with Virginia and Florida State and everybody, you know, they might be looked at as the favorites. But I don't think there are really any favorites in this tournament. I think anybody could win it. That's, yeah. that's what I think that's so – um, crazy about this ACC tournament coming up this week where um, you just have Florida State who was getting blown out at one point yesterday against Notre Dame, who Notre Dame is one of the bottom feeders ACC, but Notre Dame beat Duke at Duke, um, you know, played Carolina tough at UNC. Um, Georgia Tech, you know, who, in my opinion, is a very, very underrated team who has a nasty backcourt and DeVoe and the Brooklyn native Alvarado. Um, I mean, and, you know, Clemson, you know, Clemson has been sort of up and down, Florida State, uh, Virginia, Carolina, I think at any given day, man, any team come out of ACC tournament, I think this tournament is going to be kind of very, very crazy. 
um, unpredictable. You have a bunch of teams going in that are fighting for um, at-large bids from the mid-majors, and, you know, they have nothing to lose and nothing better to get another quad one win on the resume to give the selection committee something to look at going into the tournament, um, the big dance, man. So I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens this week. Um, I really don't have faith in Duke going into the tournament, man. Just I'll be completely honest, this team – um, coming out down 18 and four yesterday, um, UNC did what they were supposed to do, punch them in the mouth and didn't let up at all. Usually when UNC gets leads against Duke um, in the past, um, Duke has had some remarkable games where they, you know, make it competitive throughout the game. Um, Roy Williams had his guys locked in and loaded yesterday from the jump. Um, he looked very calm and collective and poised on the sideline. Um, it was a very, very balanced attack from UNC. Uh, Curran Walton, who's a dynamic sharp shooter for UNC and Caleb Love, who in my opinion, every time he plays Duke, he looks like an angle on top 10 lottery pick in the NBA draft. Um, the front line of UNC, man, you got four of the arguably biggest dudes in the ACC NCAA tournament. I think UNC leads the country in offensive rebounding percentage. Um, that's a recipe. Last time UNC was top five in offensive rebounding percentage, they won a national title. So um, you got a lot of things going for UNC. And I think that teams cannot look down on UNC. A number one seed wouldn't want to see them the second weekend. <laughs> of the NCAA tournament, I'll tell you that, because uh, they're a very, very dangerous team when locked and loaded. Rule Williams gets his teams ready for March. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in this tournament coming up, man. I really I really do believe that. Yeah, can I just say real quick, uh, you know, we try to be objective. I'm a Carolina fan, but I was disappointed how Duke came out. Man, they just didn't like they wanted to be there. There was something off of that team yesterday. They had no energy. There was no fight. We've seen Duke teams, like you said, Roy, in the past get down. They come back and compete, or at least, you know, they might not – things don't go well, but they compete. This team yesterday, they didn't really compete. And, you know, I know you don't want to speak on it, but I'll say, man, this Duke team is soft. This is the softest yeah, Duke are. team I've ever seen. Um, yeah. We've seen Duke teams in the past that didn't necessarily have a lot of talent, but they competed hard, and what they didn't have in talent, they, you know, made up with effort. But this team – they just looked really bad yesterday for most of the game. Like hurt. Not just hit. yesterday, man. They look bad. And this is the guys on this troop, even during their four-game win streak, man. Duke, in my opinion, has looked bad all season long. You know, I try to be unbiased and you know, covering both teams. I think that that's one thing I learned this season is try to like go in with an open mindset. Watching Duke this season, man, has completely humbled me even more than I thought I could ever be humbled, especially after last season where you know UNC came off of just an atrocious season. I'm losing Syracuse by like 20 some points in the ACC quarterfinals. But um, just watching Duke this season, it's just been a complete catastrophe, man. Like they just, they look awful. There's no floor general. There's no true leader on the court. I haven't seen that grit, that fight from nobody on the court. They just getting punked left and right. Like you said yesterday, they look like they didn't want to be in the Dean Smith Center yesterday. They just look like, I don't understand how can Coach K come in a media press conference and sit there and say, it was his fault that he didn't have his guys ready. You guys are fighting for an NCAA tournament bid. You guys are 11 and 11. You're 10th in the ACC. And you come into the Dean Smith Center and get straight smacked, like just from the jump. And you didn't even fight back. Carolina did what they were supposed to do. They punched you in the mouth. And they didn't even let up at all. They, they kept punching the mouth. You had dang on bench warmers come off the bench getting career highs. I mean, it just – it was just – it was just an embarrassment, man. And, like – it's, this is probably the worst team I've seen in my 33, 33 years of living, man. Like, I've never seen a Duke team this bad. This is probably the first team since 95 that misses the NCAA tournament. In order for Duke to um, get into the tournament, they got to win it, man. I don't believe them beating Louisville and beating Virginia uh, again is going to get them in there. Like, it's not going to happen. I think they have to play Florida State, I think, 
if I'm not mistaken, because that Florida State game got canceled early in this year during, due to uh, COVID-19 tracing. But I don't see Duke making a tournament. Um, they could lose Tuesday to Boston College. Boston College gave Duke a run for their money when they played them earlier this year. So nothing's promised. I think this this team is pretty much just giving up, and it's not looking bright for Duke right now this season going forward, man. Now with like with Coach K and what he said, like not having the guys ready, I think he he's just trying to put that heat on himself because you know with with his reputation and everything like that, you know more often than not, people will accept that you know like I don't think he really wants to just throw the kids out there to dry but mm-hmm. you know like you said um coming into that game that's that's not something that I think your your coach or anything should have to get you hyped up for or get you like that's something that you gotta want yourself mm-hmm. and um you know it's it's not like you know we they know what we do we know what, what they do you know it's like from a scheme standpoint it's not gonna be any surprises you know it's it's nothing like okay if they might have throw a two three zone at you or something like that, okay, you might not have been expecting it, but you know you're 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 at Duke, you know Duke and Carolina. It's like the two three zone shouldn't bother you that much, you know. You've been playing basketball all your life, you you can figure that out. So when it comes to you know like our secondary break, um, you know you you know the guys are gonna hit the glass hard, you know you you got to go out there fight and compete, you know that's that's on you as a player. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, man, and like. I was disappointed with Roach because, you know, after the first game, Caleb Love called him out on Instagram. He's like, everybody's a savage until they come face to face with one. Mm -hmm. And that made a lot of rounds on social media. And basically he called him out. Yeah. And what happened yesterday? Caleb Love gave him the business again. Again. At some point you got to have some pride, man. Like, you know, somebody called me out the next game. I'm going to see him the next game. You know, you might score more points than me, whatever, but I'm going to compete and not just lay down and get embarrassed two times in a row, man. Like, I don't know, bro. Like, this Duke team just doesn't have it, man. They just don't they, have they, it. Bro. They don't have it. And that's, that's the thing where if, from, from what I've seen with this team, if if Matthew Hurt isn't having a good game, it's, it's like y'all kind of go as he goes. Um, exactly. Stewart, Stewart normally, like, tries to give a spark, and, you know, he, he does his thing. But from him, it's kind of like a – I don't know, a consistency thing, I guess, you know, like if he got it going, then, you know, he's, he's tough. But mm-hmm. if, if things start going, you know, the way you don't want him to go, he may force a few shots or something, you know, just trying to find something to spark the guys. Um, what's the, what's the guy that y'all, y'all just been playing um, a lot more recently? Williams. Mark Williams. Yeah. Mark Williams. Now he, you know, I think he, he has a little bit of fight in him and I think, you know, he should have a whole lot more playing time. I'm not sure why he wasn't playing early, but, you know he's he's been all right, but I think with with this team, um, you know, looking into next year, I don't think there should really be anybody looking to you know go pro or anything. At all. <laughs> Maybe some guys may transfer or something like that, but everybody you know could could come back and you know hopefully just build on you know try to find something to build on. It's good that you brought that up, Katie. Um, you know, the NCAA, they made that rule where um, I think all what winter and fall athletes can come back for their senior year eligibility. So um, even Garrison Brooks, I mean, they, right, I know they had, right. senior, they had senior night yesterday. He was emotional. So, you know, looking forward, it looks like he may leave. But like you said, you know, that extra year of eligibility, he doesn't have to leave if he doesn't want to. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind for sure. Um, and let's jump right into it, man. Tonight is the NBA All-Star Game. Um, as you know, it's been a bunch, a bunch of crazy headlines going on, a bunch of stars and celebrity in Atlanta. You got girls sleeping in U-Hauls. 
But the most recent news that broke out probably about three hours ago was um, yeah, NBA insider Woj, who dropped the bomb, basically uh, the barber for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons um, did test positive for COVID-19. Um, you know, the players have been forced to not attend any parties this weekend. Um, the barber did test positive for COVID-19. Um, both players have been removed for the All-Star game. I believe that Zion Williamson will be starting for um, in place of Joel Embiid tonight. Um, fellas, give me your opinion on the All-Star game, everything that's been going on this past weekend, um, the videos, pictures, everything you've seen. Just give me your overall thoughts on the NBA stance on actually placing and having the All-Star game due, you know, due to COVID-19. And um, what do you think, was it the right decision for the NBA to still have the All-Star game with everything going on? Should they have replacements um, stand by for the COVID-19 positive test for the barber? Like, what's your thoughts on everything that's been transpired? So, I mean, I really think the NBA kind of dropped the ball with this one. Um, you know, deciding to have the game, especially when you got a lot of the guys, you know, like even LeBron James, LeBron spoke out about it. You know, he's the face of the league. So, you know, everybody usually says, you know, how if, if LeBron, like they said in the bubble last year, if LeBron says we're playing, we're playing. Well, they, they should have took that same approach this year. LeBron said he didn't want to do the All-Star game. We shouldn't have did the All-Star game. It was a horrible idea especially to have it, you know, in Atlanta where like, you know, I don't know if some people know, but Atlanta during this whole pandemic, like, you know, it's been over a year and everything down there has been like, they acting like there's nothing going on, <laughs> you know, like you see videos of people down in Atlanta, you know, big mansion parties and everything going on. And it's like, what, what's, what are you guys doing? You know? So like, I think just having it down there was a huge mistake, especially, you know, with Adam Silver coming out and saying that, you know, don't use the NBA to throw any parties or anything like that. The mayor asking people not to come. And it's like, but what did you expect? You know, exactly. um, you know, if the, if the players are coming, then, okay, all the, the entertainers, the rappers, you know, every the Instagram models, like they're going to come. And if they're going to come, then people are going to come. So, I think they just should have, you know, took a step back this year because now you look at the situation um, when the season returns, the the Sixers might be in a bind because their two stars may not be able to play. So, and this is all because of the All-Star game. Yeah, man. Like, as much goodwill as, like, Adam Silver built with the bubble and the bubble being successful, this has been a disaster. Um you know, they, they try to use the excuse that, you know, we're doing this for HBCUs. We're giving $3 million to HBCUs. The NBA could have just donate that money. Like, the NBA has money. Right. Mm-hmm. They could have just donated that money to HBCUs. Like, we're not going to have an all-star game this year, but, you know, we want to donate money to HBCUs. Um, and, you know, just left it at that, man. Like, I don't know what Adam Silver was thinking. Like, you know, the NBA, they talk to local health officials. They talk to governments. They know that Atlanta's been open. Like, you know, Adam Silver had to know that Atlanta was wide open, man. Like, why Atlanta of all places? Like, if you're going to do it, they should just did it in Indianapolis where it was originally. I don't know what the rules are in Indianapolis, but people aren't really pressed to travel to Indianapolis. So if you're going to do it, you could have did it in Indianapolis, Utah, whatever, anywhere really, but Atlanta, Houston, or Florida. Like, because those states and cities are wide open. Um, Yeah, Adam Silver really dropped the ball. You said, KD, like, this is a mistake. Um, We've seen people sleeping in U-Haul vans, people sleeping in cars, people tend to a room. Um, no. People, have, my homeboy lives in Atlanta. He said he saw somebody in a sleeping bag in a parking deck. That's crazy, man. Like, like 
And, and all of these people have been, you know, like you said, like 10 to a room and, you know, going to parties and everything. And then, you know, it's, it's Sunday right now. They're either on the way back home or they'll be home tomorrow. And, you know, it's, it's like this is going to just spread back to wherever you're going home to, you know. So, yeah, I don't think this was a good idea. Now, as far as like them having players on standby for it, you know, if you're going to do it, I felt mm-hmm. like it could have been better prepared. Um mm-hmm. You know, they they ended up deciding to bring Mike Conley in late. Um, but, you know, like Katie's not playing. Um, now you lose Joel Embiid and um, Ben Simmons and also Devin Booker's out. You know, maybe they could have had a couple of guys, you know, just to come down and be on standby. But I don't know if you guys know, like, have they done any, like, um, like team practices or anything like Team LeBron. I haven't they, heard of anything. I haven't heard. That's a that's a great point, Katie and T. Like I haven't heard anything about. You know, usually in the past, like every other All Star game in the past, usually NBA TV has like a special on Saturdays where you see players like, having like shoot arounds practices. I, last time I heard, I read something showing that I think that the players stay in a room outside of the facilities, and apparently they supposed to have like NBA security outside of each person's room just so that the players wouldn't sneak off to different events. Um, that were held last night. I'm not sure how valid that is, but that's something I was reading online. Um, I'm not, I'm I'm honestly I'm not sure they even practice at all, bro. That's that's a very good point. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they even had media day. Like normally they have like a media day, um, and like Adam Silver do like a State of the Union address, like for the NBA. I don't I don't remember seeing anything like that at all. So I, I don't yeah, know. I, you know, because I'm wondering because it's like you know with them doing the contact tracing with with Embiid and Simmons, like you know. Was anybody else on their team around them? Like, you know, like this could just have a crazy domino effect. You're right. You're right. And, and, you know, the second half of the season, the schedule is pretty much set. I don't know if they have any wiggle room built in the second half of the season for games because they had to, like, build in a lot of games that were postponed in the first half of the season. So this is just a a mess, man. And if I was Adam Silver, I would seriously consider doing the NBA playoffs in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right decision, man. I I really do. and we're going to close it out with this final segment, man. Uh, you know, all three of us love sneakers. We all love Jays. We love shoes in general. Um, I would definitely say we all three of us are sneakerheads for sure. Um, recently, you had the former VP, Ann Hebert, who's been with the company for 25 years. Literally, she literally worked her way from the bottom to the top. Um, basically re- was able to resign from Nike due to her son having a whole resale shoe distribution enterprise being held in their own backyard even to the instance where her husband opened an LLC um, in 2018 and put it in her son's name, which is his son also in his name for him to resell shoes using his mom's credit card to purchase the shoes. Um, It was reports that he was making $600,000 monthly on reselling of the shoes distribution. Um, It's already hard enough for us to even get shoes through the sneaker app who his mom is in charge of. So basically she was allowing the son to buy bots and buy shoes, resell the shoes through his own distribution channel, his enterprise in the backyard, and then him making profit off of the same money that was used off the mom's credit card, which the mom is the VP of Nike. Um, fellas, we've heard some crazy stories in the past about you know people backdooring shoes at companies, but literally the kid was backdooring shoes from Nike, like, it don't get no worse than that, bro. Fellas, give me your thoughts on the whole the whole ordeal that's transpired. And uh, just tell me how you feel about the whole situation, man. Man, it's ridiculous, honestly. Like like you said, it's like, you know, you wake up Saturday, you know, 
try to get on the app and, you know, even with the other apps during the week, all this crazy mess going on with the bots. And, you know, like you said, you got this guy, his, his mom, she works for Nike, you know, he's able to get crazy access with the shoes and stuff. And then, you know, you, you got these students who are athletes at universities and they get in trouble for selling team issued gear um, before they graduate or something. And it's like, you know, these, these kids are, trying to eat you know they, they're trying to get some money you know they're they're not at school getting paid so it's like I got all of these shoes that I'm not using I can't sell them until I leave the school but then you got guys like this you know like you said making 600,000 a month crazy like, the, the shoe game is crazy right now man it's, it's crazy I mean high-end shoes too like Supreme Yeezy I mean like this the dude was, they call him West Coast Joey. If you look at his Instagram page, bro, and don't read the comments because them boys are straight, they straight lethal in his ass on thing on social media. But like, if you read the comments, bro, like these shoot, you know, sneakerheads are really, really ticked off because they've been paying this guy thousands and thousands of dollars. And that's not even mentioning his loyal customers, people that go back to him, you know, to buy multiple pairs of shoes. Like, they literally been like buying shoes from him for years. The guy's flossing on Instagram, showing pictures of his two BMWs, his house. His backyard like Fort Knox. I mean, he has hundreds and hundreds of sneakers, man. And like, man, you can't even get on sneaker. The sneakers app and get through because the bots are taking over. Even like for the other, that's not even including the other sites that he's been using off his mom's credit card. And the fact that Nike knew about this back in 2018 and said there was no conflict of interest, it just shows you that what's really going on behind the scenes. Like, is it bigger than just his mom having some type of deal behind the scenes? Like, did the head president of Nike know about this? Like, it. There's a bot, like there's a bunch of questions that should be asked about this whole thing. Like, I think it's just crazy that her son was holding a whole enterprise using a mom's credit card. Yeah, man. And who they they in trouble, man. Like, I guarantee you it's some tax evasion going on. I know they didn't report all the earnings. I know it's a lot of behind the door stuff going on. Um sorry, computers acting up. Yeah, I know it's a lot of behind the stuff going on. We get you know, we got probably tax evasion, nepotism, privilege, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can the average consumer, like you guys said, buy these shoes when you got this dude who probably has thousands and thousands of shoes selling for profit, using bots to get the shoes where the average consumer can't even get a shoe. Like, mm-hmm. I despise what, like, the sneaker games become. Like, you know, I'm a sneakerhead, but I'm like a casual sneakerhead. I, I'm not mm-hmm. as hard into it like you guys are, but I was frustrated, you know, trying to get the Carmines. And then I didn't even attempt to try to get the uh, Carolina Blue Ones because what's the point? Like, seriously, what's the point? You either got to go on StockX and pay $70 to $100 extra to get the shoes, or you can try to look on the app and get disappointed every single week. Like, what's the point? Like, I despise, you know, what the shoe games will come. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this situation. Um Nike could be in a whole bunch of legal trouble. The VP or former VP and the father and the son, they all could be in trouble, man. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot to take in. Um, and possible criminal charges for real, like, you know. Rico we, charges. Yeah, you know, we used to work at a law firm. So we, t- we know some lawyers yeah. and um, some people would think that this is possible, you know, can fall into a Rico, so. Which is like the top of the top fed. You talk, I mean, you talk about some serious fed time, man. It, it still has to hit all four elements for it to be Rico. But I think that you have a definitely viable case. And what really interests me is, like you said, did she really, like, were they really fouling the right taxes? Like, because I'm quite sure 
behind the scenes. Everything was not, the earnings was not being reported, man, especially off her credit card. And what really drove me nuts was the mom sat there and told Nike that she didn't necessarily see all the charges on her credit card. Hell, I see when Dimitri buys stuff off Amazon off my credit card, bro, like $20. So you mean tell me you a millionaire and you don't see your son using your credit card for $100,000 on certain purchases? Come on, bro. Like, let's, let's be serious here, man. Like, we know you got money, but you don't see $100,000 being taken out of your account from your son using your credit card. Like, let's just, let's be logical now. Come on. Yeah, it man. Makes like, and these right. resale, like, boutiques and stuff, like, they're the ones that are setting the, the market for, like, the resale value of the shoe. And it's so ridiculous. Like, you know, if the shoe retails for, like, $200 or something, and then you see, like, Goat and StockX and these these other stores, they're, they're reselling the shoes for $500, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a three hundred dollar profit right there. Like, like something's got to be done. You know, something's got to be done. Where it's like, either we they need to find different ways for people to get the shoes, or you know, I know sometimes some things have to be limited. But maybe just you know, can you make more so that the people who actually want the shoes can get them? And then you know, these resellers, if they don't have any incentive for it, because you know, I can get it from Nike. Mm-hmm. You know, will that kill it down some? Probably not. You know, there's always supply and demand and whatnot, but something, something's got to be figured out. Something's got to be done, man. Man, I, I just miss the days when we had to actually camp out. I'd rather camp out for oh, a shoe. <laughs> or go those, to the shoe, man. Great to deal times, with the- <laughs> man. Great times. Like, I know they probably don't want it to go back to that. You know, guys was, you know, you All might night. come out the mall and, you know, get hit upside <laughs> your head or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, it was back, what, like, when the concourse came out, um, maybe around what was that like 2011, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And yeah. man, Greenville Mall, like guys was was they they said, oh, you can't camp out. You know, you could only come in when the when the stores open. Guys was hiding in bushes, trash can, snuck in the mall, and was yeah. you know hiding in bathrooms and stuff. Like them was them was crazy times, man. Great times. Good days. I definitely man. would prefer those over you know this this whole app stuff and the bots and everything. Yeah, man, sneakers that can go to hell, bro. <laughs> it like like two years ago, I promise you, I used to like I used to just get on there and win everything I wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I think the the first time I took an L on there, um, the Carmelo twos, I took an L, but it was like I wanted them, but you know, it was like I could live with that. Mm-hmm. Then the Bread Elevens, that was the first one where like, cause those are like. Mm-hmm. probably in my top three favorite kicks of all time and I took an L on those and it was just like I was hurt like yo like I really can't get these mm-hmm. and the resale on them is like 500 and I'm like nah man like yeah, that's being nice yeah yeah like yeah <laughs> man. hurt fellas that's gonna conclude the show today man we want to give a very very special thank you to our brother from another mother uh, Cal Davis, a.k.a. KD, assistant coach at Grimsley High School. Uh, he's a true worldly man. He's coaching for the alma mater, and hopefully, Lord willing, one day, man, he'll be taking over head coaching duties uh, for the Grimsley Worldlies, man. We want to thank you for joining the show, Two Shades of Blue, man. We love you, man, and thank you for being a co-host with us today, man. No problem, no problem, no problem. Oh, and last thing, though, since we was talking about the kicks, T, did you see them fives Roy had on last night? Yes, sir. Oh, oh man. man. I knew you was going to do that crap, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Roy's been man. killing it all year, man. Like, Roy's been killing the shoe game. Every game, right? Killing it. Killing it. 
Don't he gotta start creasing them things, man? That's the only. Hey, them things are dope though, bro. No man, things. it don't matter. He 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 probably never gonna wear them again, man. Yeah, that's true. We know that's he true. he he can get a pair every day. <laughs> Call Mike up personally. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, fellas, man, it's been an honor, man. Katie, we'll definitely have you back on. You know, when NBA picks up and stuff, man. We always value your insight. For sure. It's good to have the it's good to have the coaching staff together, man. Back again. Yep. And uh, we'll okay. definitely do this again, man. For sure, for sure, man. Anytime. Stop recording.